Welcome to this fireside chat for the FreightWaves Domestic Supply Chain Summit. I'm Thomas Watson, trucking expert here at FreightWaves. And for this fireside chat, I'm going to be talking about generative AI and its impact on the supply chain. Uh, this technology has been around for a few years, but recently has gained huge amounts of attention. You may know it as the chat GPT and other providers. And so, uh, especially for applications, going to be bringing on the folks at Geotab. I'm be talking with Mike Branch, Vice President of Data and Analytics at Geotab. We're going to go over what they've been working on uh, in that domain and some of the cool features and how this is impacting the supply chain. Mike, pleasure to have you on. Super excited to be uh, learning about this. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you all decide to get into uh, AI? Yeah, pleasure to uh, to meet you, Thomas. So uh, I've been with the Geotab for about eight years, and I uh, head up everything data and AI related here uh, at Geotab. So I've got a team of about 130 data scientists, engineers, uh, folks working on AI and product, um, all looking at bringing uh, the world of data and AI to life for for our customers. Um, and remarkably, we've been doing AI for a few years now. It didn't just uh, happen uh, as of last year, as as the world seems to think, uh, with the, the huge hype on generative AI. So we've been working uh, with uh, more and more traditional AI machine learning uh, type applications for years now. Um, everything from, you know, predictive maintenance. So looking at, you know, when a battery is going to fail within a vehicle um, uh, to safety related applications. Um, and I think the, the common trend that we've uh, seen certainly amongst our customers over the years, the question, you know, we're consistently asked, you know, how do I how do I, do I derive better insight from my data? Um, that's been a, a common trend. And and so nobody really asks us, hey, Geotab, take generative AI and mash it into your platform and make it work for me. Um, but what people do ask is, how can I uh, get better insights more quickly? Um, and, and we hypothesize that generative AI is a great way to do that, all right? It's a great way to allow you to have a conversation uh, with your fleet. And so we started... Uh, that journey on generative AI uh, this year, but without all of the work that we've done, certainly historically in, in the past, um, on on getting great data insights, on on making this kind of data available, generative AI would you could have all the generative AI you want, and it wouldn't be able to extract the insights because you know we we prepared all that data uh, very very well. So um, started that this year, um, and and it really started off with our our project G Beta. And so what we did with that uh, is we simply wanted uh, to allow our fleet customers, again, to get that insight quickly by simply asking a question. So you could ask a question like, uh, how much idling did my fleet do uh, last month? Um, you know, um, which uh, drivers uh, are experiencing, um, you know, uh, issues when it comes to speeding uh, in specific jurisdictions, right? So you can make it pretty open-ended and the benefit of generative AI is able to distill that, right? Understand what the user is asking and then deliver a result to the uh, the customer all while keeping their, their data very private, very secure, all within the Geotab ecosystem. We're leveraging the best of generative AI, the best of these large language models to be able to deliver this insight. And instead of, you know, waiting, you know, uh, for a significant amount of time or waiting to get the resources you need from a data scientist or analyst to be able to take all this data and, and make it beneficial, um, you get that response in seconds. Um, so for us, it's really a tool to um, to have like a bit of a data science or analyst in your pocket, right? Um, to give you 
the best of, uh, you know, what the Geotab data science had been able to figure out from data and deliver it to you very, very quickly through a conversational chat interface. That's what I remember. Back in the day, I felt at large organizations, if you're in the supply chain, you had to find the person, the data science, and before that, the person who did the Excel or the SharePoint, and you had to ask them, and it was like, you had to, and it took a while, you put in a ticket. One thing I think is really cool with this AI is that uh, being able to ask it and doing syntax, like I don't know how to program. So being able to say, can you tell me, create me a list or a table with my poorest performing vehicles and you know, rank them. Is that kind of the solution in the future we're looking at is non-native tech people will be able to ask these questions and then the AI and the technology will actually be able to format it for them when before you had to go through all these layers. 100%. And I think the way I always put it is that it it puts the power in the hands of those who have the capability um, uh, to, to make change, right? Whether you're the chief sustainability officer as high as that, or if you're you know, the fleet manager or somebody who doesn't understand how to, you know, write a query to extract the data, you shouldn't need to, but you, you have a question of the data and you simply want that answered. And this democratizes it quite a bit, right? So um, uh, now all of a sudden you're putting the power in the hands of these change makers, right? The people, to your point, you don't have to go and ask, you know, uh, multiple data analysts to, to pull that data for you, or, Hey, you know, I need to pull data from this Excel sheet over here, pull it into this power BI platform and, and do all these things. No, like you, you can ask that question, um, and have it, have a reply to you. Um, you know, I think what we see certainly in the market right now, there's a lot of, um, uh, and, and this is obviously the case for chat GPT as well too, a lot of trust issues though, right? Hallucinations and these kinds of things that, that happen. So I think part of the role that we have to do as technologists is um, ensure that we're being as transparent as possible in how it's come to these conclusions uh, as well. Um, and, and that's an important part of the work that that we're doing right now. I think that's fascinating because a lot of these models, uh, I think what Facebook had like Llama or Lambda and uh, a few others, a lot of them are based on weights. You have to try and teach it what to prioritize. But in the transportation and domestic supply chain, they typically have large repositories of proprietary data. And I guess one of the biggest challenges is you may be in an advantage because I don't have to wait for this model. I need to answer very technical questions with telematics and uh, maintenance and other data points. Is that kind of an advantage? Does that shift the role of these analysts towards, let me clean and filter this and make it digestible enough that we can make these things compared to like uh, an editorial or media person who's like, oh, well, I'm only getting like the last uh, two years stale data from a collection of newspapers. How am I supposed to write my copy? I feel like the supply chain has an advantage with their own data that's always accurate and fresh. Uh, Absolutely. And the nicety is that if you've, uh, I always call it AI or analytic ready data, right? If you've got AI ready data, you can put generative AI capabilities on top of that to allow it to extract that insight quickly. So you have that fresh data, right? Um, you know, we've certainly done a lot of work in making sure we have up-to-date data, analytic and AI ready, so that the way that we leverage the LLM or, you know, uh, for, for uh, from a generative AI perspective is that we'll ask it to to write something technical, write me a query, right? Uh, that given this knowledge and this understanding, I'm going to give effectively the LLM uh, a knowledge and understanding of how we set up the architecture, the data uh, at a Geotab, right, to make it AI and analytic ready. And I'm going to ask it, write me a query to get me, you know, um, uh, the uh, the folks who could 
uh, maybe transition to electric vehicles tomorrow, right? Based on their driving uh, history, right? And their driving pattern. Um, or uh, find me all issues where batteries are going to fail in a vehicle uh, in the next month. Um, and, and because we've got that analytic and AI ready model sitting behind the scenes, right? Uh, the metadata is there is well, uh, well orchestrated. What I'm getting back from the LLM is, is simply a, a query to go and run and execute against that, that data that has already been governed is safe, um, and doesn't exit the Geotab ecosystem for our customers as well. So to your point, it's kind of the, uh, the best of both worlds, right? You're able to leverage the intuition of these large language models with the power of, you know, this um, uh, AI-ready data set um, in telematics that can really help drive the, uh, the supply chain industry. And looking at for, for customers, is this something that uh, is it still being tested in-house or have you all done beta tests with early customers? What kind of feedback are you starting to get? Because um, being able to just simply ask, like, if I want to buy an electric truck and I'm a fleet of thousands of trucks, uh, what are my vehicles that were in this much mileage band that have traditionally done short haul and what are their locations? I feel like that would typically take a week of time to ask somebody and you just get it within seconds if everything's formatted. And, and some of the nicety uh, behind that is that, a, again, it's, it goes into the, the, the years of work that we've, we've put in up into this point. We've got electric vehicle suitability assessment uh, already as part of the Geotab platform. So it leverages the insight from that already and knows how to uh, look at specific uh, uh, data sets, right? It's looking at range, looking at the vehicle location and movement patterns. Uh, to answer your question, we've done, um, uh, we've released Project G, which is our beta product um, of, of this conversational agent. We released that back in July. Um, we've onboarded about 50 customers onto it so far of many different shapes and sizes. Um, and, and the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, and we are very clear at, at the onset to say, you know what, this is, this is its corpus of understanding at this point in time. But inevitably, people ask questions that go outside of that, that corpus of, of understanding. Um, and so what we're doing is we're recording every single question that gets asked. We, you know, tell our users that we're doing this so that we can better understand the kinds of insights they're trying to glean from, uh, from the platform. And so that's been really beneficial, help shape the product and what data sets we want to make available to it. Uh, we were very narrow, uh, at first and we're gradually expanding that, that corpus of understanding. And that was one of the, one of the key learnings, right? Um, you can't keep it too narrow. We kept it very narrow to begin with, but people want to understand about safety. They want to understand about maintenance. They want to understand about utilization. It's kind of the whole the whole mix, right? And and so, um, and people want to know uh, that the data is factual, that it's accurate. The first thing that people do whenever they ask a question is they try to run a similar report to get the same answer as well too, to fact check, which you would expect them to do. Um, so I always say, you know, uh, this year has been the year of hype for generative AI. I think next year will be the year of trust for generative AI, right? So building that trust amongst our ecosystem is the best thing that we could do. Are we going to get it right all the time? Probably not. Are we going to show our work all the time? Absolutely. Are we going to tell you what assumptions are made? Absolutely. Um, and we think that this will help um, move uh, move the industry forward. And uh, I'm thinking as well, uh, you know, when you do ask, it's it does feel like people think the AI as in it's going to take everything over, but it does give me this, and I'm going to get your thoughts on this, we're changing fundamentally the inputs, allowing a verbal input to then be transcribed into an actual code base. And then I can verbally say, please show me your work. 
Because if I'm a CEO, I'm going to say, okay, well, I just got this report from the AI. I'm going to copy and paste the string it gave me. I'm going to send it to somebody else to double check it. Is that also when we're talking about trust and establishing it? That's a feature built into this new paradigm of inputs. It is and it has to be. And it's tricky, right? Because you want to play back what it's doing. Um, but that's difficult to do at a level that everybody will understand. But at least if you do provide that, there's gonna there may be somebody within the organization who can understand it. So with the beta, what we had done as a for instance, as a as a first step, um, is you ask it a question. Um, and then not only does it provide the, the response, but there's a little kind of code snippet. So you can click on that and you can see what query it executed. So if it did like an average instead of a median or it group things a bit differently, you can see what it's doing behind the scenes. So it's important for us to be able to to show that work. And then we have, uh, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down to um, to see if we're getting things right. As we move forward, uh, we're taking more agent-based approach as on things where we're, uh, where we will spell out, you know, exactly what assumptions it's, it's being, um, that are, that are being made. Cause I think that's really important. You want to collapse it and hide it because it's, it's that balance between a user experience and being too verbose. But you also want to make sure that people can get to that detail if they want to. Right. Um, and so that's, uh, that's a big part of, uh, what we're doing as we start to bring this more fully within the ecosystem and, and start to look at bringing it out of beta. And wrapping things up, looking ahead, uh, as you're wrapping up in beta, what are some of the biggest wins, low-hanging fruit for folks who are looking at what the AI can do right now? Are there any specific things that, you know, passed with flying colors that folks need to keep on their radar as we move into 24? There were some cool things. Like we had uh, some larger fleets that uh, wanted to know the impact of a pilot that they'd done, right? They did a pilot to reduce idling um, with uh, in a few months uh, in a specific jurisdiction. So they they simply asked it, what were their results uh, of the pilot uh, that we conducted to reduce idling uh, from January to March. Um, and within like 20 seconds, it gave them like the, the full uh, the full impact of that, right, in terms of uh, the reduction. Another one that, you know, um, I, I like to talk about is uh, looking at productivity, right? So asking, you know, how productive, what are the most productive vehicles in my fleet? And, uh, and it just makes an assumption that productivity is related to the most miles driven, and it, you know, shows you most miles driven, but that could be right, could be wrong, depending on what you're looking at. But you can rephrase and say, well, let's assume productivity is related to the most stops in the least amount of time. Um, and uh, and then it just computes a productivity score for you. So it's it's nice that you can start having these these conversations. Um, uh, it's nice. I, I, I would sooner that it makes an assumption and list its assumption as opposed to not doing anything. That's kind of the guidance that we give the team is, you know, let's make an assumption for what we think based on best practices might this this thing might be looking the the answer that the user might be looking for but list the assumptions always list the assumptions i definitely like it especially when you're uh, the different departments different siloed you're using this product you need to know what the assumptions are because you may never know. You may know not, you know, the, the general acceptable standards. We're running out of time. I feel like we can go for a whole hour for this. We're going to definitely yeah, have totally. to keep this going. But uh, for folks who want to learn more about this, especially a GeoTab, get in touch or find out more. Uh, what's the best way to get in contact? Yeah, you can look up our uh, Project G on um, the geotab.com uh, website. And uh, you'll be able to learn a little bit more about it there. And you can certainly uh, contact us for uh, for any information uh, about it. Happy to um, happy to help here. Mike, really appreciate your time. Mine's getting blown right now. And really, uh, this is some great stuff to watch as we move to the new year in the supply chain. Thanks. So, thank you so much. Anytime, Thomas. Cheers.
That's a wrap for this fireside chat, but don't worry if you're just joining us, there's a lot more great content coming right up.